Hello, my name is Michael Parsh, and I'm your volunteer guest host for this podcast, for this episode of the podcast, Living in a Michael Parsh World. Boy, it's been like six weeks since I've done this, and I've seemed to have forgotten everything. I, I did remember my name, and I did remember I was a temporary volunteer guest host, so I guess that's all good. So, welcome to this episode. This is episode number eight. Um... Hopefully we won't have such breaks in our episodes, but I should I should give you an editorial note as to why we did have some breaks. So um, had some work activity, launching a, a website for our organization, a combination of three major websites and some minor ones all together, one big website, and it uh, seemed to take a lot of time and effort, and so um, I was a bit too busy. And besides, um, when I'm that busy at work, I don't have random thoughts running around in my head, and and the whole purpose of this podcast is for me to share the random thoughts that are going around in my head. And, um, well, when I'm working hard, I don't have random thoughts going around in my head. Or the random thoughts about things at work, which really, you probably don't care about. I mean, I barely... Uh, I'll just let that be. Alright, so, welcome to episode number eight. Um, I'm going to have a second editorial note here. So um, before I was using um, Evernote to uh, plan out my podcasts um, through a specific format, since the time of um, the last podcast episode, episode number seven, to this episode, episode number eight, we've changed that and, it, and I'm now using Notion. Um, quite like it. Um, so basically I'll give you a third editorial note before I even get started in the podcast here. Um, I kind of randomly dictate using a headset my words because I hate typing. And then um, I take those things that I've kind of dictated, those random thoughts, it, they all go into a, um, a Notion page. And then I kind of read them off and record them. And that's what I'm doing now. So um, what am I going to talk about in episode number eight? Well, in this at podcasts, I'm going to talk about um, why I volunteer, what drives it, um, what brought me to volunteering, what kind of volunteer gigs have I done, and then hopefully I'll use this as some sort of self-therapy session to figure out what drives me to volunteer. So today's episode is brought to you by the letter E and I and Pi and the number 2.71828. And the random phrase, you can't judge a book by its cover. Oh, just got an email. I guess I'll uh, I'll take a look at that in a few minutes. But actually, I'll have a quick pause. Thanks. All right, we're back. Well, um, sorry about that. I received an email. thought I should take a look at it. So for those of you new to the podcast, the random phrase feature means that somewhere I'm supposed to use that random phrase. Um, and... I guess I guess that's a good thing to do because sometimes you can't judge a book by its cover. Oh, oh, just used it, so that's good. I'm checked off the list. Anyways, the first half of today's episode, I'll give you a listing or a breakdown or a rundown of um, all the volunteer gigs that I've that I can think of that I've done that I've held over the last thirty years. Ooh, that's a long ass time. Um, in the second half, I will conduct a self-therapy session to try to figure out why I've volunteered, what drives me to volunteer, and potentially where my future volunteering will take me. That's a big agenda. I'm not sure I'm going to get to it all. 
and I might just record the first half of this podcast episode, listen to myself, and maybe try to answer some of those questions before I proceed. Anyways, back on to the first half. Review of my volunteer gigs. Why do I call them gigs? Not really sure. Seems like the right phrase to use. Um, these gigs are roles that I've held or done for extended periods of time. So let's take us back. Um, it may not be my first gig, but it happens to be the first one on my list. And it's the first real big gig. Um, and I'll just, I'll just carry on. So the first one um, was with uh, an organization called Gloucester Child Care Services that became Global Child Care Services. Um, I was on their board of directors. Um, and that was um, about four hours a month for about three years. And it was a, a monthly meeting of the board of, of, of directors. We would review whatever we needed to review, policies, procedures, um, review of budget, um, and reports from the executive director. So I've never done anything like that before, but somehow the opportunity that spoke to me, one of our children, probably our youngest, let's, uh, and I will continue the practice of not using their real names, so let's just say Pucas. Um, when the, he was in Pucas and probably Hevi, um, when they were first going to daycare they were in Gloucester Child Care Services and a notice came out to all the parents saying that there were vacancies on the board of directors and somehow somehow that spoke to me. I had no urge to do anything like that. I had no urge to change Gloucester Child Care Services. I thought they were doing a bang up job uh, recruiting people and, and providing us with the good child care but um <laughs> Freaking email noise. Sorry again. It distracts me. Um, probably should go back to the uh, ADHD podcast on uh, distractibility. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I'm not sure how that. I'm not sure how that sounded interesting to me, but it did sound interesting. So I joined the board, and I was on it for there for for about three years. The first two years of that were good setting policies, having discussions, you know, um, going on tours, going, going on tours was a lot of fun going to see different childcare centers. That was, that was probably the highlight, um, somewhat for me to see what was going on. Um, but it did feel like we were being managed by the executive director and it turns out really we were the final year. Um, was the most difficult, obviously, um, and I'll tell you why. Um, we got into a dispute with the with the CEO, the executive director of of uh, the childcare. I can't really go into the details of it, but uh, we had to go through a performance management process with that person, and eventually um, ended up with another executive director in the position. So that was difficult. That was certainly not something that I really had signed up to do, but it's something that we had to do at the time. So that was not fun, but it made me realize what responsibility as a board member was. I saw through that responsibility, and I made sure we got through that whole process before I decided that my time 
Uh, my 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 three year term was up, and I decided that I didn't want to. I, I I'd had done enough. It was an exhausting year to do that process, and um, we just moved along. What's important to note here is that uh, I was not scared of my responsibility. I saw it through, and uh, that was my first real gig and first real um, understanding of what responsibility in the volunteer world meant. So maybe that's something I should write down here, is that um, volunteering has taught me responsibility outside of work. Um, and outside of work and outside of home, obviously, have responsibility to your family, to your spouse, and to home. Although why I think of family and spouse as separate, I, I'm going to think of them together. I'd never said anything about family and spouse being separate. I'm not sure where you heard that from, but uh, my lawyer will certainly defend me um, if that's ever brought up again. My second gig was um, pizza delivery for Queenswood Public School. The parents had, uh, uh, I don't know if it was weekly or every two weeks, pizzas delivered to the classrooms. That was a lot of fun. So not only, uh, not only did I get to go around to the classrooms and see all of my kids, but I got to hang out with uh, all sorts of other kids. And, and maybe, just maybe, that's where a bit of the memeness, the Michael Parsh memeness came from. Really not sure. Um, yeah, so memeness. So, you know, I'd become the pizza guy. I mean, I was, I think, the only dad involved in pizza delivery. Most of the others were moms. I had no bearing whatsoever in my wanting to go to the school to hand out pizzas. I really just, it was just a fun thing. It was a volunteer gig that I did once a week. And, and um, I'm not sure when that ended, when that started. I think it was probably about a one school year. I can probably have a guess when that was. I know Andrew was a little guy, and he certainly helped me deliver pizzas. Um, my next gig was an, a long-term gig. So this was something I did for over a decade. Again, if I had a sound person, they would put in some dramatic music like boom, 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 boom. But... So, I was the camel or donkey in the Orleans United Church Christmas pageant for over a decade. Um, so I started out as the donkey. Then I moved up from donkey to camel. Um, and I should specify, I was always, always the front half of the camel. The camel is a two-person um, character. I was always the front half because my face can't be the back half of a camel. Obviously, my face is better looking as the front half of the camel. And as I say that, that's just not really right. Anyways, um, boy, what, what did I learn? Well, I learned, although the camel or donkey is mostly a non-speaking role, I did have one speaking role one time. They did put a microphone on my head for one particular pageant. God knows why. Um, and that was the only time they ever put a microphone on me because that is just a dangerous thing. Uh, so there were some people around the pageant that tried to keep it an extremely serious thing where 
you know you had to pay attention to what was going on you had to know your lines you had to pay to follow along sit in a circle my role was the opposite my role was to be the little shit disturber to engage with the younger kids to engage with the older kids to be the camel but not to just walk up the stage and kind of sit there but to poke my head into people's backs and and get my head in between their lines and so that the the camel herders had to um control me that was my job my job was to make it fun my job was to be disruptive which i did a fairly good job of all right um what are i going to say my next volunteer gig was another uh, child care one which was Canadian Mothercraft of Ottawa so I was recruited to that by um, the executive director from Gloucester Child Care Global Child Care that went to Canadian Mothercraft that was a longer term commitment that was um, over four years and that was probably four to eight hours a month I became much more involved I became um, I think vice president um, of Canadian Mothercraft for a while. I was I became much more involved in that board. Um, I became less interested in that board because board members were start, were really being pushed to be all about um, fundraising, and it really really wasn't my thing for that board. So I served four years, and uh, I moved on. Okay, here we go for my next volunteering gig. I taught Sunday school um, about an hour and a half every two weeks for 10 months of the year. I think for it was about three, maybe four years. The reason that I got into teaching Sunday school was our kids went to Sunday school. And I enjoyed hanging around the kids a little bit more than I enjoyed hanging around the sanctuary. So I thought maybe I should teach Sunday school. So teaching Sunday school to young kids, uh, I started in the pre-kindergarten, kindergarten. I kind of followed Andrew along, I believe, through the years. Yeah, grades one, grade two, somewhere in grade three. You're not actually teaching. You're just keeping them safe. You're playing with them. You're playing with Jesus Play-Doh, you're making artwork. That's what I did. I took the, the great curriculum that we had and I just did whatever the kids did. So if we had to color a picture of Jesus, that's what I did. If we had to cut out, I don't know, bikinis for the camels, that's what I did. Um, whatever. Um, I, I just enjoyed myself, got along with the kids, and What's interesting, what ended my time was I got up into the grade three, four classroom and really had to start teaching. And um, a teacher came in and wanted to evaluate all the classrooms. Not really evaluate, but to see how they were doing. So a teacher came into my classroom um, and gave me some feedback after the class saying I didn't really have much of a curriculum. I didn't have a much of a lesson plan and follow lesson plan. I just sort of did what the kids did. And um, I wasn't really teaching. I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm not teaching. I'm here to keep them from dying, from killing themselves. 
and um, I'm here to give their parents an hour and a half break while they sit in the sanctuary and sleep and sing and whatever they do up in there. So I ended my time at Sunday school, but that led to my probably my, my largest, my most effort um, volunteering gig, and that was I was the chair of youth ministry and executive director of OUC Youth, um, a local youth group for kids from grades 7 all the way through grades 12. That was a time commitment of 40 hours a month for 10 months of the year, and I did that for 10 years. And 40 hours a month was the average over those 10 months. Some of that was concentrated time. Um, there were two two retreats a year, so two weekends away with the youth, another overnight at the church where I'd sleep on the church floor called the lock-in, and we had a variety of Friday nights and Sunday morning activities. That was a large commitment of time. Um, but that provided me with many um, opportunities to lead, to develop programming, to develop websites, to sit down and get to know and nurture these youth, to give them a place to call family, uh, to develop a home for them in the church so they felt welcomed and included, and to help um, bring that program from a revenue drain on the church to a revenue maker. So the first four years of my time there, we were we um, were a revenue drain. For the last six years, we were a revenue maker for that church. So we made money for the church. So we were self-sufficient, we made money, and we had fun. That's where the Michael Parsh personality came from. That's where a number of connections to youth in the area started and that's the connection that we had for a very long time and I still am connected to a lot of those youth in various ways. It was my worth, most worthwhile but it also was a huge commitment of time like 40 hours a week that's an extra work week a month. That's a lot. Um, you know that works out to be 10 hours a week that's an extra day and a half of work a week for 10 months of the year for 10 years um, alright we're getting near the end of my volunteer gigs wow um, let's see my second to last one that I'll talk about is um, I was the university counselor for Queen's University that was uh, 10 hours a month for five years that was a lot of fun because I got to um, do some governance work for Queen's University. We haven't talked about Queen's on this podcast yet. I don't know how I could have missed it over seven and a half episodes of not talking about Queen's. Maybe I have. But it's certainly the best place for me to find a, find a wife. Um, that's, that's its main purpose for me to have found a wife. Excellent. Um, I also became an engineer. That's also a good thing. That's also part of my my uh, reason for being. 
and I look at my wall and I see lots of Queen's references. So, yep, it was fun to give back to the university for five years, to have some good connections with some people, and to implement some great policies. We implemented some policies related to alcohol use and abuse. Um, and my second most favorite thing that I did is I seconded the nomination to um, ask uh, Murray Sinclair to be to to elevate him to the role of chancellor. So, you know, I I seconded that motion. It, it's a it's a little administrative thing, but hey, it's it's part of my claim to fame. Without me, well, it would have been somebody else. But I made sure I was on record. Um, and my last gig that I'll talk about was um, started at Queen's, at Vic Hall, um, donating blood. So I have donated since probably 1984-85. I've donated whole blood, I've donated platelets, and I currently donate plasma. Right now I'm I'm volunteering about 10 hours a week, a month, 10 hours a month donating plasma every week so it's about a, an hour and a half to two hours a week to do that um, and I've donated close to 160 times so that's a fair lot of blood plasma platelets that have come out of my body and that is just easy volunteer work that that does somebody some good so that's the first half. Wow, that that's a lot of talking. I'm like at the twenty minute mark, the twenty one minute mark. Wow. Um I guess I had a lot to say. But you know what? I'm tired of talking now. I don't think I can talk for this long. So um and and I gotta go give plasma. Bye. Hey everyone. Um I really actually forgot to give you the halfway update on what's happened today so far in episode number eight. All right, what have I talked about? Well, I had a few non sequiturs. I know I talked about a few things that uh, I don't even know where my brain was. I was all over the place. Um, and I was just actually trying, I think I was trying to figure out why I uh, volunteer, what drives me. Right. And, uh, you know, when you look at me, you can't judge a book by its cover. I don't know, that's a pretty lame use of the mystery phrase. I may actually change the format of this. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's doing anything for me. Anyway, so I reviewed my volunteer gigs um, in the first half of this broadcast. So I talked about global child care or Gloucester child care. I talked about my time as the pizza delivery man, man being operative because uh, I think I was the only man. Um, and, and I talked about being the camel in the Christmas pageant. It's a role I seriously miss. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I talked about my volunteer role on the board of Canadian Mothercraft Ottawa. I talked about teaching Sunday school for a number of years. I talked about my role um, on OUC Youth. I probably didn't talk enough about that. That was 10 years of my life. And I may actually have a separate podcast on the things I learned from the youth. Um, that one likely will not be PG. That one will likely be full-on everything I've learned. So those of you that uh, are listening to this, 
that have told me things at retreats, um, you may want to ensure that your parents, grandparents, nephews, aunts, uncles, dogs, sheep, cats are not listening to that episode because you never know what is going to come out of my episode on a non-PG version of Living in a Michael Parsh World. Um, then I talked about my uh, giving blood for a long time, like a long time, and Queen's Council work. So that's that's the first half of today's episode. My goodness, I'm already at the 24-minute mark here. So um, I think for right now, I'm going to skip the random song. Um, actually, hold. Please hold. All right, folks, I'm going to try the random song generator a different way because I've had some feedback from some loyal, loyal listeners. Those in the those in the top one percenters of the millions of listeners out there that told me sometimes they can't hear the random song. So here we go. This is uh, using my standard random song generator. It's uh, chaotic or something. Anyways, it's I've found us, picked us, hit the button. It's picked a random song. It's by... I'm going to say an artist called Cake, and it's called Never There. I need your arms around me. I need to feel your touch. Okay, first of all, there's a guy in a cowboy hat. Okay, so I don't have a problem with the music, but the video was playing at the same time, and there's a bunch of guys in big, huge cowboy hats doing what sounds sort of more of a rap sort of thing. So I'm not sure the two work together for me, but we'll just leave it at that. Okay, so now I'm gonna I'm gonna do this without notes. I'm gonna talk without notes. I'm gonna try to figure out. Uh, the questions I set for myself in terms of this podcast. So the question number one is, why have I volunteered? That's my first question I'm going to question myself on is, why have I volunteered? Well, um, I think I've got a deep-seated need to give back to society. Like, whoa. Um, I think I, I, let's go back all the way back. Um... Okay, my, I think my first real volunteer gig was was donating blood, and I did that because they had free pizza and Vic. So that doesn't really count because there's no giving back. I just went for the free pizza. They had real pizza. They didn't have Lenny, uh, Lenny Leonard pizza now called Lenny. For those of you podcasts that went to Queens, that'll make a difference to you. Um, for those of you um, in my generation, um, I'm not going to say the greatest generation. I'm going to say the 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 only generation that really matters um is called Leonard Hall not Lenny Lenny is uh I don't know that's a Kravitz so you know I didn't really give back but when I started volunteering for child care boards that was me wanting to help run those organizations that was me wanting to provide my voice however quiet to those discussions um, as a petite delivery person, there wasn't so much a need to give back as just to hang hang out with people. So the, maybe that's reason number two. 
Reason number two is I like to hang out with people. Um, then s starting to teach Sunday school, well, that, that reason is easy. I didn't want to hang out in the sanctuary, plain and simple. Um, and again, hanging out with kids was a lot of fun. So I think I'd prefer to color or uh, eat Play-Doh or make stick figures out of Bibles than I did sitting in the sanctuary. So then that brought me to the youth group. That that so that that was my opportunity to give back, to create a family, to create a sense of family uh, that I enjoy in my home, in my cottage, in my life. I enjoy. A great sense of family uh, a, um, and I wanted to be able to provide that I think to others so that uh, the youth of the congregation had a place that they could call home that was my main goal a place they could call home we had a lounge we hung out there we did stuff in there we went away and did stuff um, and although I uh, indicated early in the podcast I would be having an expose all Maybe I still will, actually. You know what? That actually sounds very interesting. Um, that might have to be an exclusive sign-up for podcast. Who knows? Um, and then when I did Queen's Council work, that was five years. That was me wanting to give back and really contribute to the university. There, those who know me know that um, I have a deep-seated love for Queen's University. I have a deep-seated connection to Queen's University. I look to my left. There's a Queen's pillow provided me by the Chancellor, Murray Sinclair, for my service. There's a plaque on the wall that says I graduated. I think Dean Bacon signed that. Yet yeah, Dean Bacon. Um, and um, maybe, maybe we really need a, a new podcast on Deans of Engineering. Um, all the way from Dean Bacon to Kev. Maybe we'll have that discussion. Um, there is also a beautiful drawing of a, I think, the most beautiful jacket in the planet. I don't think there's a, there's a more beautiful jacket than a GPA, a Queen's Engineering Applied Science jacket. I, I, I just, there is no comparison. I could do a two-hour podcast on why the GPA is the GPA, the history of the GPA, what you can do in a GPA, what you can't do in a GPA. Um, it, that, that's actually interesting. So anyways, I think I have a deep-seated need to give back to the community, to the community I love, Queens, to the community that uh, of a family. So th that, that's my answer. My second question, what drives me to volunteer? What drives me to volunteer? I have a stupid dad answer to that, a car, um, but I don't know. I don't know what drives me to volunteer. I probably same answer, deep-seated need to give back. What have I gained by volunteering? Well, I have gained friends. I have gained an understanding of people, and and I've gained the ability to get outside my introverted shell. I have gain the ability to stand in front of a group of people ask for money I have gained the ability to stand in front of people in a camel costume and do what a camel does all the way from the camel's nose to the camel's tails to the camel's toes like the whole thing I can do it all I can do it all yes I can 
Where's my future in volunteering lying? I don't know. I think my volunteering is going to become less about giving back to society and giving back to creatures that are less than three feet tall. I don't know. Don't know what that means. That I think I think I'm kind of done. Of I've done 30 years of volunteer effort. I need to take an extended break. I'm, I'm currently still giving pl plasma, which is easy, which is me just lying there and, you know, squeezing a ball. Anyone can do that. So I don't think I've got a lot left to give. I think my volunteering gig has provided me with a deep... I've checked off that deep-seated need to give back. I've checked off the the, the leadership that I gained. And I checked off the ability to speak in front of people. I don't think it's maturity. I think it's my volunteer gigs that have allowed me to stand in front of a group of whatever was Luke and Kaylee's wedding, 80 people, and talk. And get them engaged and get them laughing. I don't think I had any of them crying. That was Ayin's job. Um, so I think that's that's it for today. I think uh, I've droned on enough for today. So it's time to wrap up today's podcast. Again, the first half of the podcast was me describing my volunteer gigs. Maybe you knew about them. Maybe you didn't know about them. I knew about them. I didn't ever put them in a list, but I did. And then really, it was my very brief, brief, brief therapy session to figure out why I volunteer. So that's done. All wrapped and uh, all together, wrapped together in a big bundle. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Special thanks to the letters E, I, and Pi, and the number 2.71828, and the random phrase, you can't judge a book by its cover. Kaya, so long, and thanks for all the fish from me, Michael Parsh, your volunteer guest host of this podcast, Living in a Michael Parsh World.